made for this podcast. I'm your host, Julie Turner, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today. I hope you're all soaking up the last days of summer before fall schedules officially resume. I know many of us are sending kids off to school, and that can be bittersweet for sure. In fact, I am about to send my oldest back to college on the East Coast, and quite frankly, I'm having a hard time finding any of the sweet in that, just only bitter. So... It was so good to be back with you all last time and share a bit of why I basically disappeared from podcasting the past several months. So if you missed that, be sure to go back and check out episode 22, which I called Real Talk, because I chat about things like, for example, poop floods. Have you ever had a poop flood? I have, and I shared a little bit about it and all of the ensuing drama that went with it. So if you didn't catch that... Last week's episode 22, Real Talk. If you're new to the podcast, on this show, I chat with individuals that I believe are living out their God-given purpose right in the space where they're at. And today, I get to share my conversation with the lovely Jamie Barron, who I believe is doing just that. And you are in for such a treat. She was such a fun guest to have on a podcast called Made For This because you will hear in our conversation how God began to reveal his purpose for her all the way back in her early teen years. It's such an incredible story and super inspiring. And I know you will just love hearing what she has to say. Jamie is a wife to her husband, Landon, mama to her new baby girl, Scout, who just so happens to be the cutest, sweetest little baby in the whole entire world, I might add. Jamie and her husband, Landon, both felt a call upon their lives for missions at early ages, and they have spent the last couple of years serving and living in Managua, Nicaragua. Sadly, right after this interview, due to political unrest in the country, it made it necessary for them to return to Oregon for a while, especially in light of the fact that they're raising a precious infant daughter. And so I asked Jamie what she wanted to share with you all about this. And she said, here's a quote from her that I got through a text. She said, the vision for Ruby Ranch and the greater open hearts, which you will hear about in this episode, is still the same. And if anything, we believe in it more now than ever. But for this time, we felt we could better support Nicaragua and the ministry down there from here in the States. So that is what she had to say about that as an update. Um, I know she would greatly appreciate your prayers for the country that they love so much and for them, for wisdom. And if you want to get more information about what they're up to after you've had a chance to hear what she has to share in the podcast, you can visit their website at lnjbaron.com, which I will post on the show notes. Again, I believe that we are made on purpose and for a purpose. And so it was so exciting to hear how Jamie and Landon are living out their purposes each day with an open-handedness and trust that is truly remarkable. I hope you find what she had to say encouraging to you in your own life as you set out to live in your own purpose every day as well with all of your unique gifting. So without further ado, here's my conversation with my new friend, Jamie Barron. Well, hello, and welcome to the Made for This podcast. I'm so happy this worked out. You're not, you don't even live in this country yeah. anymore, and and here you are, and here we are, and I'm so happy I got to meet you. This yeah. is Jamie Barron. Do you want to just take a second to introduce yourself? And yeah, I'm Jamie Barron. I <laughs> currently live in Managua, Nicaragua, and serve there with my husband, and we have a little girl named Scout who's almost five months old. Who is... 
the she's cutest. Awesome. Oh, we my love word. her. We love her. She's the happiest little bug. Oh my. She's God. the best. We are so so blessed that she is our baby, and the Lord knew that we needed that baby. Right. Because we, I don't know if we could have done a more needy baby. Right. Um, but yeah, we live in Managua, Nicaragua. We're originally, I'm originally from the Eugene area, just a little bit south, and my husband's originally from the coast, and. We've lived in Nicaragua now for two years, and after being here for like a decade or so, he was here a little bit longer than I am. We've been married almost eight years. Oh, that's so great. So, yeah. I was an x-ray tech and MRI tech in the States, and now I'm helping develop a camp for kids. Oh, my goodness. So, okay. so it's very so, yeah. different. So it's there's a different. lot to this story. So, but before we dive into all that, this is just like mom to mom here. Yeah. So, you... You have been there two years and your baby's five months. That means you fully had this whole pregnancy and delivery happen in a foreign country. So tell me about that. I Um, feel like that's kind of a big deal. It was interesting. It was a big deal. I think I found a lot of um, solace or, I don't know, a lot of like, like I was okay with everything because I have a good friend who had all four of her kids there. Okay. So I found, I, I talked with her a lot about things and I had the same doctor that she had and you know, kind of walk through some stuff. I mean, her story was different. All of her kids were, uh, she didn't need a C-section. I ended up having a C-section. And so oh my whole experience was very different. Um, but I had multiple friends who had the same doctor. And, you know, there's actually a really good hospital there, a private hospital that, from my hospital background, that everything, almost everything was the same. So oh, I, wow. as I, like, walked through the process, it was like, oh, yeah, no, that that's a, an appropriate an appropriate action at this time. So that's an appropriate oh, that's test to order. That's okay. an appropriate, like, you know, there was a few things I asked about because I just knew that that's what's normal here or whatever. Yeah. So maybe if I hadn't asked about them, we wouldn't have done them. But, um, no, it was actually a really good experience. But it was pretty crazy. Yeah. And it's hot there. And, yeah. you know, there are some days that I'm like, it's really hot and I'm pregnant and this is really <laughs> miserable and oh I'm just going to sit right here in the shade. Everybody else can be working and I'm just going to sit right here. Oh because, my goodness. But it's also interesting because Nicaraguan culture is very, if you're pregnant, you should just sit down. You oh. shouldn't be out walking. You shouldn't be like, oh, I mean, God. as like, like obviously that's based on your socioeconomical class, but most people believe that if you're pregnant, you're, you're delicate and you're like... You, you shouldn't do oh, anything. I could have used that a few times during my pregnancy. But for me, it was nice. so obnoxious. I'm like, I'm fine. Right. I will yeah. sit down if I need to. I will drink yeah. water if I need to, you know. Uh, um, but, but no, there were there were times that, you know, we would go walking in our little neighborhood and times that, like I was just sharing with you, that I was just praying. I'm like, Lord, I don't know how it's all going to work. Yeah. I don't know. We're on support. So I don't know financially how it's all going to work. Right. And I don't know how... Everyone, what if the baby is born with something, you know, some issue that they can't take care of here? Right. Because they do, they are able to take care of preemie babies, but only to a certain extent. They just don't have the training or they don't have the materials or, you know, the equipment or or whatever. And so. Wow. So there were a lot of prayers. It kind of walked me through a lot of, I think parenthood in general, like being pregnant and parenthood in general walks you through a lot of your stuff yeah you know it kind of you kind of have to come face kind of like marriage does it brings you face to face with your own selfishness and your own anxiety yeah, and you're your just own... pretty good at that, that yeah. Way. Uh-huh. yeah yeah exactly it'll, it'll, exactly well, you know your flaws aren't quite as like subtle as yeah exactly and so and so for me being pregnant and walking through that I had you know 
I tell people I was so relieved when Scout was finally born. Yeah. Because it all it wasn't on me anymore. Right. Like, okay, now she can be yeah. helped by a lot of different people, you know? But right. yeah. Wow. It was, you know, and food poisoning obviously is a big deal there. You you eat everybody knows when you go to a foreign country you're careful about what you eat and I was. Right. But you never quite know for sure and Right. So there was a lot. Oh my goodness. But it was it was a beautiful experience. It was surreal to be wheeled into the OR and everything be in Spanish. Oh gosh. Right. Because I'm very used to the OR from my, my work experience. Right. But um I don't speak Spanish fluently. Yeah. I understand most of it. Most of what's going on. But maybe not in the medical terms. No. And it's like <laughs> and they're just like bantering back and forth and oh. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is this is the craziest thing ever. Wow. So but it went it went great and the doctors I had were phenomenal and did they let allow Landon to be with mm-hmm. you? Oh good. They did. Okay. Yeah. Well that's good. Yeah. So then you feel like you have somebody else. Oh totally. And he was able to hearing. go he was able to go with Scout, like, you know, as they were taking care of me and stitching me back up. He went with her into the nursery and all okay. and actually I think we kind of got some a little bit of like extra access that we wouldn't normally because I talked with our pediatrician a lot beforehand okay. and said, if this happens, then I want, you know, right. and he was cool with it. So my goodness. And then just bringing a baby home. You're a first time mom. Yeah. You bring a baby home. Did you have a family support? Did they come down? Uh, and no, you? my family wasn't able to. Landon's parents came a few weeks after she was born. And really, honestly, I'm a little bit more of like, I was actually more anxious or stressed about there being visitors. Okay. Than there was, than I was like... I have this brand new baby. You know, it's so like, you wanted to figure it, it was out. more like Landon and I can figure this out. And luckily yeah. she was born in our slow season. So he, he was able to be there and didn't feel pulled, you know? Yeah. And so I was actually a little bit more like, okay, no, everybody stay away. Just let okay. us figure this out. You oh, know? Good. So it actually, but yeah. our friends that we work with, um, that are part of the ministry also were so, so great and, you know, brought us meals. I think the, I mean, the first week that we were home, we didn't cook at all. Wow. We didn't cook at all. And, like, our friend, uh, Michael Busby, we call him Mr. Busby. He's the patriarch of the family. Um, he brought us a bunch of groceries and just, oh, like, nice. you know, a big stack of, like, disposable plates. And he's like, don't do dishes this week, you know, like, yeah. stuff like that. That They're just very – people were very thoughtful. Oh, so. that's so good. So it was – even though we didn't have our, you know, nuclear family there, we, we definitely yeah. felt like we had people supporting us. And Well, she's darling. Oh, my goodness. Her Thank smile you. lights up her whole entire face. Thank and you. She's at a super fun age, too, because she's all reactive and interactive and stuff. Okay, well, okay, that helps my, you know, mom (laughs) curiosity, because I'm just thinking, oh, my word, I would have probably not handled that very well. So... Lots of prayer. Lots of prayer. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and really, at the end of the day... I mean, God's yeah. in charge of our kids. Yeah. We all have to kind of face into that as moms, mm-hmm. but I think that would be especially hard if, if you're in yeah. a place. Like you said, you don't even have this share the same language. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's amazing. And so let's talk a little bit about how, how you even started down the path of missions. What led you to do that together? A high school youth group mission trip when I was 16 years old oh that <laughs> yeah sparked the yeah desire where did you go and I went to like? Mexico for spring break oh. when I was a junior in high school or something like that and it I remember coming back and talking with one of my aunts I, I actually have a really big family and I was talking with one of my aunts and I'm like it totally ruined my life oh my nobody gosh. told me it would totally ruin my life <laughs> that's hilarious so that just changed the just trajectory changed, right yeah there. and I, you know and I graduated high school and I went to college and I got obviously got a degree in x-ray you know yeah. it's pretty specific and it's not 
missional, if you will, you know. But it was always just a desire. It just sparked something that I think the Lord had put in me from a young age. And so it started it. And then I was able to go, right after I graduated college, I went to Rwanda for a two-week mission trip. And that was really, really powerful and transformative in my life, in in my walk and in my personal life. And it was... I went through a lot in college, and it was a very good... The Lord met me there, and it was really, really good. So I actually went back to East Africa in 2009 for three months and was in Rwanda and then volunteered at a hospital in Uganda and was there, and I thought I was going to live there. I like was going to move there and never come back. And um, I came back because the Lord... Because I was supposed to marry Landon. Uh, we were friends before I left. And then uh, when I was gone, the Lord was telling him that I was his wife. I had no oh idea. I was dating somebody else. I had no idea, you know. Um, but when I came back, within like a couple months, I broke up with the other guy. And um, and it was very apparent that Landon was my husband. Like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So actually, the day we started dating was the day we knew we were getting married. Like, I'm not That's kidding. <laughs> we went on this walk. And he said something like, well, because I know I'm going to marry you. And I just stopped and looked at him. I'm like, well, that's good because I know you are too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's the best. Yeah. So now we were married six months later. Oh, my word. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then you're on this missions yeah. trajectory in mm-hmm. your personal life. Was Landon also Absolutely. feeling that same? Yeah. So oh, my his goodness. parents, his parents, when he was, when he was like five or five and a half, his parents actually moved to South America. So this is in the, in the late eighties that they oh, moved oh, wow. and they lived between Peru and Bolivia. They would go between the countries every three months cause they were on tourist visas. And so every three months they would go between the two countries and his dad has a horticulture degree and was teaching, um, up high in the Andes teaching in the, the like, um, tribe Indians. I don't know how to say it. Um, how to make these Adobe greenhouses oh, because wow. a lot of them, or are only able to grow certain foods. Okay. So actually are very malnutrition okay. or malnourished. So back then he was teaching them how to make these adobe greenhouses so that they could grow a better variety of vegetables and feed wow. their families. And so he was, so that was about three and a half years of his childhood. Oh my goodness. But it totally, again, totally changed the trajectory of his life. Wow. And he came back and, you know, went to school, elementary and middle school and high school in the North Coast, but always had a heart to go and always and it had gone on like a handful of missions and stuff so when we got married we were just talking with someone yesterday and they're like so who had the, de- the desire and we're like no when we got married we knew that it was, was understood yeah oh, that goodness. was like that was actually our goal like we didn't buy a house we only bought used cars we got paid off debt like we did all these things because that was our goal that's incredible moving forward so okay so then how did you know this is the time. Like you're, you're on, you're doing the things that you need to do to be ready mm-hmm. for this big change in your life. How did you know? We now had it's time. Actually, we had met our friends down in Nicaragua that we're working with. We had met them because we were looking for a place for our church to serve internationally, like on a short-term mission uh-huh. kind of situation. And we had this feeling. The first time we went there, we had this feeling where we both felt like we we're like, oh, this is it. Oh my gosh! And this is 2013. We're like. No, this is it. Because it, wow. it spoke to me. The, the It's very similar. It's equatorial country or close to the equator. The same as Rwanda and Uganda. Like, it had the same kind of feeling to it and the humidity. And all of it just kind of, like, like spoke to my senses, I guess. Yeah. And um, But then Landon's obviously always been drawn to the Latin culture. And so it was kind of this perfect combination wow. of our two places that we wanted to be. And um, But 
we put a fleece before the Lord and we said, we want to be invited. We need to be invited. Like we need those actual words. And uh, if this is where we're supposed to be, we need to be invited. Because we actually personally didn't want to start something new. That was never our heart. We wanted to come alongside something and help something that was already happening, which is kind of the culture of our marriage anyway. We kind of like can come in and, and fill a void for a little bit. And then like, and the way that's happened so far is then the Lord kind of moves us on. But I think in that he was preparing us for this coming alongside and that's amazing and kind of a supporting supporting a ministry rather than we never wanted to start something right. new you know right so um so yeah that's how we so kinda, you threw down this place yeah. and said we want to be invited so then mm-hmm. obviously you must have been because yeah you're so there, then so in two thousand so and then in so we took a team in two thousand fourteen and one in two thousand fifteen. So we moved in 2016, this April of 2016. Um, so in 2014, we had kind of started a conversation with the Busbies. This is a family that we work with of like, do you even need help? Like, is this, uh, are you guys at a place where you would even need help? And, you know, and they kind of joke, they're a really sarcastic family. They kind of joke, oh, of course we need help. Have you seen, you know, um, have you seen what we're doing? But, uh, but in a serious level, they were like, you know, Ruby Ranch specifically is going to get big. And yeah, we can't do it all. You know? So let's, let's talk for a second yeah. about the Busbies. Yeah. And so you had been looking for a place to serve and you met them how? And we and met what them. Did, what are they doing and where are they So from? we met and them through um, a mutual friend, basically. Our former pastor's former pastor okay. knew them, has known them from years. Okay. And um, from America. Yes, from the state. So okay. a guy named Ron is from actually from Portland, Oregon. Okay. And so our former pastor, Joe, knows him. And Joe went down with his friend Lance to kind of a scouting type trip, surfing trip, you know. Okay. And in that, Ron was there at the same time, so they were able to meet the Busbies. And the Busbies host short-term teams, and that's how Ron's okay. been connected with them over the years and, and all that. And so the Busby family, Michael and Sue, and then their four biological kids, moved to Nicaragua 21 years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. And they moved there originally to teach English. Oh. They had lived in Colombia before. It got crazy. They literally left in the uh, middle of the night kind of thing. Wow. And were back in Florida, and then this opportunity came to teach English, and they, you know, Mr. Busby says, you know, you, in Florida, if uh, a plantation is a big deal. Yeah. You know, like in the South, that plant, he's like, you couldn't have given me a plantation because I wanted to be back overseas so badly. Oh like, goodness. like it was so in his heart, you right. know? So they moved to, um, to Nicaragua and taught English for a long time. And they have, like I said, they have four biological kids. And then kind of over the course of stuff, they just kind of became, I don't know. It's the simple way to say it is they're there to help kids. Yeah. So for a while they had they operated the school that was right in the Monago City dump and the Monago City dump is was and is a really desolate place and kids, you know, 4 or 5, 6 years old digging through the trash of their parents to try wow. to find something that they could resell or they could recycle or whatever. But in that getting exposed to all kinds of disease oh, and all sure. kinds of and then, you know, everybody is on hard times and so Parents and grandparents would offer the kids to the to the um, garbage truck drivers for first rights to go through the garbage. Oh, wow. So, like, pick whichever kid you want to give you sexual favors, and then I get to go through your truck first. I mean, like, literally the worst. Like, the most, like, trading your child for garbage is what was happening. Literally. Literally. And there are little kids that were dying of AIDS at eight and nine years old. I mean, just... Really, really desolate. So 
I'm not sure exactly how they came to, to run the school, but there was a school in the middle of the dump. And it was a Christian school, and the kids could come there. And it was, I mean, it was intense. We never got to see it because the first time we went, they had actually just torn it down. They had The government had closed the dump and um, built government housing. And so they moved all those <coughs> families to the government housing um, off the dump, and then they were supposed to work in the recycling center. And anyway, so the Busbys actually had to tear down the school. Oh, wow. um, and then, but out of that, there was this, this other property that they were able to purchase kind of, there's a kind of a big long story, you know, but able to purchase. And so now that is Club Esperanza, oh. which actually just this year, just last month, just started offering first and second grade again. So Club Esperanza was up until now, it was just a preschool in the morning and then sort of, sort of like a boys and girls club in the afternoon, older kids could come and get they get a meal, they get their lunch, oh, and wow. then they get like an after, um, kind of like tutoring help, and other clubs would kind of work out of there. So there were different like youth group type things, and there's an organization called Across the Nations that kind of operates out of Club Esperanza. But just just this February, just last month, they opened first and second grade in conjunction with an organization based out of Denver, Colorado called Love, Light, and Melody. So it's this oh. really, it's actually this really beautiful thing that's that's happening that has been on the heart of our director her name's Shayla she's Nicaraguan it's been on her heart ever since the dump school closed but it just kind of wasn't time wasn't time wasn't time and so finally now it is and so anyway so all that to say they closed the dump school and open club Esperanza but in all of that in working in the school they the Busby family came to know different kids that were in really really desperate situations wow so they've actually now adopted six Nicaraguan kids oh my goodness Mm -hmm. so biological and then and six so they have 10 kids um and those kids were all adopted around 15 or 16 years ago so they're all now in their late in their late teens and early 20s and and doing pretty good you know considering their their like early days Uh, Yeah, yeah. Wow. But they also have a boys' rescue home and a girls' rescue home. And rescue home to me is a little bit of a misnomer when we when you talk about Casa Havala and Casa Robles because they're not. It's not like respite care. It's not like this is a crazy emergency situation. It's more of like a foster care situation. Like they interview and okay, yeah, we'll go ahead and take you on. Because that doesn't really exist in Nicaragua as as a government program. Okay. Fostering doesn't really exist. But there's these kids, and they, they have families, but they're just not able to take care of them. Or they were in a very neglectful or abusive situation. And so, right. um, so whether it's grandma comes to us and says, can you take in my little grandkid? Or whether wow. it's mom saying, I can't, you know. And there has been people that are like, they're crazy. I can't take them. They're like, okay, but we're not here to fix your kid. You know? Right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so Club Esperanza and Casa Robles. And then the other part of the, of, of Open Hearts was back in the day, um, Hurricane Mitch went through Nicaragua in the late nineties and Mr. Busby was doing some kind of emergency care, like, uh, giving food to, to people in this one hard neighborhood right there by the, the dump. And, um, he met this woman named Ruby Temple, and she was from the Caribbean coast, so she spoke English. And he says that she was four foot tall and four foot wide, and this little Caribbean. And 
she calls out to him, hey, brother, brother, I'm a prophetess and a, an evangelist for the Lord. And he's like, all right, this is interesting. So yeah. he goes over and starts talking to her. Well, she wanted to pray with him right then. And then he goes back the next day and, you know, and they pray again. And, and she, you know, she told him, you know, the Lord, there's six things that you've put before the Lord and the Lord's going to do every single one of them. And she didn't know. Obviously, she had just met him. She didn't know that a couple months prior, his wife and him had sat down with the pastor of the church and kind of made a goal, like made some, set down some goals, and there were six of them, and, you know, oh and, and just this incredible thing. So so there's the Rescue Home, and there's Club Esperanza, and there's Ruby Ranch, but we also have the, we get to be part of this really beautiful prayer ministry that's started out of Miss Ruby's house. So he started taking teams there wow. and would pray. And, you know, he jokes that you would wa- they'd walk in the door and she would give them Bible quiz, Bible trivia, and, you know, make everyone feel like they'd never read the Bible ever before. Oh, and, then, and then she would start praying with people and, I mean, wow. drastically change their lives because they get this touch from the Lord where they're known and they're seen. And wow. um, anyway, so it's pretty incredible. So now the Busbys have have been there for 21 years, and Mr. and Mrs. Busby still live there with their adopted kids, and our friend Brinson, their their youngest biological kid, still lives there, and then um, one of his sisters and her husband and four kids live there, and wow. um, and two of his sisters and their families live in, here in the States. And so well. all of those things are underneath the umbrella of a ministry yes. called Open Hearts. Open Hearts, and that's why it's so hard okay. to explain to people what we do. Right? It's because so it's so multifaceted. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, there have been times that we babysat the Farrington kids because, you know, Chachi and Krista, our friend Chris, his nickname is Chachi, Chachi and Krista needed a date night, you know, or yeah. wanted a date night. And so we come over and babysit. So it's really this this kind of organic, like, mission thing that we're doing that is kind of just right up our alley right. because it's just and you're meeting felt needs that are right in front of you yes. so you see this need and mm-hmm. you're doing yeah. what you can to let support and that's amazing. exactly it is like the like just kind of things that come into our view and we're like oh yeah no we love that let's yeah. do that let's help with that or whatever you know and yeah like I helped coach basketball at the local there's a local Christian school and I was playing basketball during open gym time with all the guys my husband and I were playing and the athletic director was there and he's like uh you know would you ever consider coaching he's like I can pay you zero dollars I'm like well I wouldn't want you to pay me any dollars you know and yeah yeah, I would love to and so I was able to help a little bit and just land lend some I played you know played all through school and then like intramural stuff in college and so just that's amazing you know and just and build relationships yes yes and and get to like be this other significant person in a lot these most of the kids that go there are missionary kids yeah and so get to be like this other significant adult in their lives and right oh that's amazing yeah Hey everyone, we are going to get right back to my conversation with Jamie, but I wanted to take a minute to thank today's sponsor, Audible.com. Audible offers over 180,000 audiobook titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, and they are offering all of you listeners of the Made for This podcast a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I would like to personally recommend, again, that you go download your free copy of I'll Push You by Justin Skizik and Patrick Gray. We heard from them and their incredible story on episode 18, and they have released an audiobook which they narrated themselves. So how fun is that? 
their book is absolutely incredible and literally will have you laughing one minute and crying the next. It's the best kind of book. So to download your free copy of their or any other audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash made for this. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash made for this for your free audiobook. Thanks everyone. And now we'll get right back to my conversation with Jamie. So then the most current project alongside all of those things is Ruby Ranch. So yes. tell us the vision for this and what are you what are your hopes and yeah. dreams for Ruby Ranch? So Ruby Ranch is this awesome piece of property that originally wasn't just a ranch property. It's now it's about it's just over 500 acres. Uh, the original purchase I think was 470-ish, but then there's been a couple purchases since then that kind of made the rest of it work better, if you will, like for a while, the access um, from the road was like this really narrow corridor, and so we bought some stuff kind of around it. And um, but anyway, so it's 500 plus acres that we are developing into an adventure kids camp. Oh my goodness! For these Nicaraguan kids, so fun. Yes. So what'll be a part of this adventure camp? That sounds amazing. okay. So right now, all we have is like a slab to play futsal on. Uh, we have a rancho, which is just basically a covered patio, like you know, slab or okay, whatever. What's futsal. Futsal's, um, it's like a, it's soccer, but it's on a court. Oh, And so it's a different ball. It's a little bit heavier ball, but it's on just a really small concrete court. Okay. Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah. So anyway, everybody there loves baseball and and soccer. So we try to accommodate those things. There we go. Okay. Um, But so the idea right now, that's pretty much all we have. And we have a giant slip, slip and slide. Um, there's not so a lot. Fun. There's not a lot of insurance issues in Nicaragua. Right. So we built. We literally built a, a slip and slide down a hillside. Oh, that's down amazing. a mountain. It's we encountered like, that when we went to Kenya. It was like the way. It, no, it was you like, just oh, do this it. Could never. This would have taken a thousand steps in forms. Oh in yeah, America. Yeah. yeah. It's like we actually <laughs> joke that we have to be really careful and have a lot of common sense because there's right. not a lot of rules to, right. to regulate. So we have to think. And I'm maybe the person that thinks about it the most, but um, I'm like. Okay, no, that's going to be too dangerous because somebody's going to take it too far, yeah. and we are very far from a hospital right now. Oh so. my goodness! So okay, wow. maybe we scale it back just a little bit. Uh-huh. But yeah, so right now all we do is ho- is we can just host day camps. We have one cabin um, and a couple like bathrooms and stuff. But the idea is to create a space, create a camp. We'll have twelve cabins, we'll have a dining hall, swimming pool, actually a splash park. Oh, fun. we really want to do that. Um, right now we have horses, and we want to get a couple more and do a high ropes course and kind of all these different things that will create a space where Nicaraguan kids can come and just experience freedom and experience oh. joy and experience experience God in all of that, you right. know, and experience the love of their father in this, in this really open and free place. Because even if the kids, like even the kids that live out near the ranch, they don't, they don't have opportunity to just play. Wow. You know, it's really, it's very, it's a very agriculturally based economy. And so you don't get a lot of opportunities to just ride your bike for fun. Right. You know, but they come to Ruby Ranch, and that's all they're there to do. Like, that's their only responsibility. That and putting garbage in the garbage can are, like, their only responsibilities, you know? So are they there, like, a week at a time, or can they just come and go? Eventually, that will be what is happening, what happens. Uh, It'll kind of exist like summer camp. So our idea is to have teams from the States come down and and host camp for them, essentially. And so not only host it, but also sponsor camp. Right. And then our staff on the ground would sort of facilitate that happening. So oh, that's amazing. we would get some translators and, you know, different community people from the where the kids are coming from 
but then the idea is that, you know, like maybe a high school team from here in Eugene would come down. And so a couple of them would be counselors in each of the cabins and, you know, and then our staff would kind of run camp for them, if that makes sense. Um, but it's a really beautiful thing because it brings the Nicaraguan kids out of their normal life, but it also, the kids from the States, they're out of their norm. So it kind of levels the playing field in a way and actually allows, in our opinion, allows the Lord to do incredible things because everybody's kind of a little bit uncomfortable. Right. And a little bit out of their space that's normal and comfortable and, you know. And, but what an incredible rich experience for every single person to, no matter what their role is in that scenario. That's amazing. That is life changing. It's so fun. And it's so fun to do it right now because, you know, we can only do like day things right now. So um, we'll do VBS camps like for a week at a time or whatever, but the kids only come for a few hours. But it is so fun to watch because they're, I mean, they're literally will kind of go crazy because they're so excited. I remember two summers ago we had a camp and they're actually kids that live pretty close, but they had never been to camp. And we had, I think we had about 48 year old boys or that's what it felt like. I'm pretty sure there were 40, (laughs) but that's what it felt like. And they were crazy for the first day, but then they kind of calmed down. And I told my husband, I'm like, I think they were just so excited. They just didn't know how to even contain themselves because they were so excited to be there. You know, that was kind of the feeling. They weren't trying to be disrespectful. They were just so excited. That's so great. Yeah. So so we're developing the first, like, 10 to 15 acres, but then we have about 500 that we're going to – that we still can work with. So our – kind of our long-term plan is to do – trail systems and be able to do more kind of overnight backpacking type trips yeah maybe with a different age group maybe with teenage boys like some of the guys take the teenage boys and in that talk with them about overcoming obstacles and about what it means to be a man of god and and to have integrity and to have character and and to discipline yourself and and those kinds of things that they're as a general rule aren't being aren't having modeled for them in a in a powerful way which then that just breaks cycles yeah as well and mm-hmm. turns their life toward a healthier path and yeah that's amazing exactly yeah and then changes their families and yeah that's amazing mm-hmm. so if somebody wanted to learn more about open hearts is there a place online where they can read open more about hearts you? no but ruby ranch yes we do have a ruby okay. ranch website so it's rubyranch.org okay it's very easy and then um, you have your own website yes. as well yes which is it's l and j baron.com so it's just the letter l so L A N D J Baron B A R O N dot com. Perfect. And yeah. I'll put that in the show notes okay, too. Perfect. And, yeah. And then if people wanted to partner with you. Yes, they could absolutely contact us through the website and because that's the other thing is we're always kind of available and looking for, you know, groups that want to come down yeah. and and sub, and help in some capacity and whether that's you know, it's whether that's a group of doctors that want to put on clinic or, or you know, or nurses, or it's a bunch of moms yeah. that want to just come and love on the moms, you know, because that's wow. a huge thing as well. You know, as a mom, I'm starting to have this heart where these moms get to send their kids, but then they don't, they're, they're just work. And so I've actually kind of had this thought of like, how cool would that be to do sort of like a women's retreat yeah. for the moms in the community near the ranch? Oh my goodness. Because they don't get that opportunity right. you know so well and like you said a high school group could come down and oh absolutely for a, a absolutely week yeah that's amazing yeah oh my goodness that's so exciting okay so what is maybe one of the most impactful things 
on a positive way that you've seen in the life of one of the people that you've been in contact with? There, I don't think I will ever forget last summer I got to pray with a student, and I might cry talking about this, um, a student from, actually from Denver, Colorado, who was down on a team, um, super cool kid, and we were at the prayer house, and I was praying for this girl, and I just felt all these tears on my arm, and I turned, and it was this kid, and um, and I was praying for her about, you know, just who Jesus saw her as, and, and how much he loved her, and I turned to this kid, her friend, and Dude, do you want to meet Jesus? Oh. And he's like, he just, he actually almost tackled me. He's like this football player. And he gave me such a strong hug that I almost actually fell back. Oh. I'm like, okay, I'm pregnant. Wait a minute, you know? Right. Um, but I got to pray with him to accept Jesus. And it was such a powerful moment in his life because he goes to a Christian school and, you know, has people around him and stuff. But it was that moment where Jesus met him and he was like, oh, that's what I've been missing. Oh, oh. that's the thing that I've been striving oh, for. That's goodness. the thing that, you know... And, I mean, we get to pray with people, you know, and that's something actually we didn't really, I don't know that we really knew we were going to get to fall in love with so much, but we get to go to the prayer house and and pray with people and and just watch the Lord just totally, like, heal them and and love on them. And and it's, you know, absolutely nothing that we are doing. We're just showing up. Right. But, yeah, I don't don't know that I will ever forget that moment and that giant hug and then then really sweetly that team – more than half of their team actually got baptized two days later in the Busby's pool. Oh my so that goodness. was really fun to watch them. And some of them had, you know, been baptized before and just wanted to, wanted to kind of rededicate. But there were there were two or three kids on the team that came to know Jesus in that week, and That's so they amazing. got to be baptized. And then who knows what their path will take? Mm-hmm. That's just incredible. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So and I love that you just knew right at that moment. This is what I need to ask. Yeah. That's so. And great. I'm I, interestingly enough, I'm actually not the person that usually asks that sort of thing. That's not really my thing if you will you know that's yeah. not a normal question that I ask mm-hmm. but it was yeah definitely the Holy Spirit saying just that's invite amazing. him he needs that invitation so oh my goodness yeah. it'd be fun <laughs> to see what he ends up doing yeah as a result of that mm-hmm. change in his life that's incredible yeah what's one of the hardest things I mean it, we've touched on some really hard scenarios that you are witnessing with the kids that mm-hmm. would be heartbreaking for me to mm-hmm. watch what's one of the most oh gosh <laughs> sometimes you actually I actually find myself um, it was kind of like working ER trauma. I uh, kind of find myself not remembering things because I think if I remembered every single thing, I would, I'd be in a puddle all the yeah. time. But there have been a few times at camp where I've met kids or kids that come from that community, and you just get the sense that home is super not good. Right. And I know that's terrible grammar, but it's just not good whether they are you know whether it's kind of their persona or it's um a bruise or it's you know whatever it is or little things that they say and I've grown to really love the kids that live right out there and I feel like you know they're kind of our kids you know that we we get to know them and their parents and stuff and so to see them in that space is is really hard and I and I mean we see bad car accidents on a regular basis, oh, wow. and we see, and it's it's just different. It's not here; it's kind of protected, and you don't really get to see stuff. But there, it's very out in the open, and um, so I, there's there's lots of trauma that we yeah. see on a very regular basis. But I think it would have to be those kiddos, and when you know, and they and they wouldn't really say it, but you right. you know, you, right. you 
you can tell. So, and yeah. then you, no wonder that they get mm-hmm. so excited when they get to come and have oh yeah a week where nothing about that yep. is present in their experience. Yeah, for they're one just going to have fun, and that's the whole point of Ruby Ranch is right. just just getting to come, have fun, experience freedom and love and Jesus. Right. That's so. powerful. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love everything <laughs> about that. And I hope people go check out your website. Thank and, you. Okay, so for anybody that is feeling that tug to do any sort of missions work in their own life, mm-hmm. if, what advice would you have for yourself if you could go back and tell yourself something before you left? <laughs> Two years ago? Yes. Now that you know what, mm-hmm. what it's like, what would you have told, what would you have wanted to hear I would have told myself that you can buy all the stationery and pens and all the things that you <laughs> that you want down there, and oh. so don't pack them because oh, that's, that's ridiculous. Oh my gosh, that's so um, funny. <laughs> but no, on a serious level, I think I would have. Um, I would have told myself to be very patient with myself uh. because I think in and I'm I'm kind of a, a striver and an achiever, and you know was successful in school and all that stuff and so I think when I first was there I had kind of um an expectation of success looking the same Uh, and and I think that that can be very it can actually hurt you a lot if you're going into a ministry role or you're going into especially overseas missions because culture is very different and the pace of life is very different and so um and just kind of like your own humanity like some days are really hard. Yeah. And so knowing that those are days are going to come and that it's going to be okay. And yeah. it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be there. And it doesn't mean that you're a crazy person. It just is hard sometimes. And so I think I would have, and I've, I've kind of learned that and kind of learned those self-care things, you know, so I joke with my husband, okay, I'm just going to go get a latte right now. There's a little <laughs> coffee shop down the road. I'm just going to go get a nice latte, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that's probably what I've, I would, I would have told myself is um almost just be kind to your own self yeah you know and right. and in that be kind to your spouse also oh, and, right. and we have an awesome marriage but you know when you're both in a stressful situation it it just brings out the ugly in yeah. you that you you gosh darn it you yeah that yeah. you wish that you didn't have but you're like oh I'm being so ugly to you right now oh my gosh I'm sorry yeah and so I think I think I would have told maybe both of us yeah you know just be nice like just know that the Things don't matter as much as you think that they matter. Right. You know, the little petty things. They don't matter. Right. At all. So And understanding the context for which the conflict is coming from mm-hmm. is the stress. Yeah. The very exactly. real stress. Exactly. Just even the emotions. I just feel like I would... Just the emotion of things that I couldn't fix... Yes. ...would be hard for me. Yeah, Because absolutely. I'm a fixer. And mm-hmm. I think to oh, see yeah, problems totally. that I could only step into to a certain degree and then trust God with the rest of it, mm-hmm. I think I would carry some of that tension with me all the time yeah. that I wish I could fix all yeah. of it. Yeah, it is an interesting thing to live overseas and to rec- reconcile that tension yeah. on a consistent basis. It's very, yeah. And so sometimes I don't have good answers for it or mm-hmm. I don't respond well. Right. And that's just my humanity. Right. You know? Um yeah. Thankfully, the Lord is good and Jesus is there. And, it's, yeah. you know, I, there's a lot that I wouldn't be able to do without that. Like, right. I mean, I love that people do humanitarian work, but sometimes I wonder how they even do it. Because without that faith aspect of it, I, right. don't, I don't know how people can do it. Right. You know. Yeah. No, that's amazing. 
So for a podcast called Made for This mm-hmm. and just really trying to encourage people to just live on purpose for a yeah. purpose and that you're made on purpose for a purpose and we get to just show up to the life in front of us and, and do it with intention. Yeah. How would you encourage women that may feel like they're a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. and what am I doing with my days or you're caught up in the Monday through Friday yeah. 40 plus hour work week? What what it, encouragement do you have for women to just feel confident in living out their purpose? That it that you are there on purpose. I mean, that's that would be my encouragement, and that you know, we do get to see all these beautiful things and have these incredible experiences, but we also just live there. Yeah. You know, there is that aspect of it. So I sometimes I'm like, what am I even doing with yeah. my life? You know. Um. But I think that we too often, and maybe it's maybe it's humanity, and maybe it's the you know the time that we live in um I think we too often compare what somebody else is doing and the call or the thing that they're living out and we don't recognize that look if you're a stay-at-home mom that is beautiful yeah and that is incredible and your ability and your willingness as a new mom it is a sacrifice yeah it is me setting aside everything that I want to do to hang out with my daughter, make sure she gets naps and make sure that she eats well and all those things. And that is beautiful. And, you know, it's actually show me a different part of God mm-hmm. because that is his heart. He has a mothering heart as well. Yeah. And, and so to reconcile, you know, or to recognize that that thing that you're doing that's so mundane is so powerful also. The way that you make breakfast for your kids and you make sure that they eat a healthy breakfast. And even though you're crazy and you're going to go to that 40 plus, you know, but that you just stop and you look them in the eye and tell them that you love them. Like that is powerful and and important. And, you know, and, and the other part of it is that there's always, look, we can always pray. I need prayers just as much as anyone. Yeah. I do. And and that is, it sounds so simple, but it's, you know, I I have these little reminders throughout my life, like in the truck and, you know, different things to pray for certain people, you know, and it might just be like a little piece of string that reminds me of someone and, you know, and so I pray for them. Yeah. Um, but those kinds of things, I think too often we look over or we overlook them and we think that our, our service or our um, yeah, our service has to be so grand and, and on this big scale, but it doesn't. And, yeah. and that's, you know, and it's relationship also. Like Jesus had 12 disciples. He didn't try to be with everybody. Right. He was like, I'm going to invest in these people. Yeah. And I think it's the same if you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a coach or you're, yeah. you know, you work in a hospital or you're a teacher or whatever. Like you have those people in front of you right now and that is who you're supposed to, to be in. pouring yeah. yourself into. and. Right. And that is beautiful, and it's powerful, and it's life-changing. Yeah. And you're changing. You can change the trajectory of people's lives right. by being a part of it. Well, and what I love about your story is you just learned to lean in and listen mm-hmm. to the whispers. Like, you knew, I think my life will be a life of missions, but mm-hmm. then you were waiting and listening for that right yeah. opportunity. And we also and- served a lot here while we were here in Eugene. Like, I helped with middle school youth group, and then we were asked to take over the high school youth group. And so we did. Yeah. We, I mean, we sort of did. We said, okay, we're not really youth groupy type people. We like kids and we like food. So we'll do a home group. How's that? You yeah. know, and our pastor's like, that's fine. 
but then, you know, it was time for us to be done with that. And our friend w- wanted to take it over and it was great. And we went on our first mission trip and realized that all these young people who came on the mission trip with us didn't have anything to go back to. And the Lord spoke to my heart. Well, you're supposed to start a college group. Oh, wow. And I got on the plane and sat down with my husband and said, I need to tell you something. He goes, I already know. And I'm like, we're supposed to start a college group. He's like, I already know. Oh, and I'm that's like, so great. Okay. And, I love you that. know, and he's like, I already know where we're going to have it. Cause at the time we had a really small apartment that wouldn't have hosted people. And, right. you know, and so we made sure that we serve people where we were as yeah. well, you know? And, and I think that that I think there's something very important about that. Yeah. And, you know, we have young people who come down and totally get a call from the Lord for missions on their life, but they're 17 and 18, and they're like, I'm about to go to college and all yeah. these things. And I'm like, great, yeah. do that. There we go. But in that, make sure that you're serving people. Yeah. Do something outside of yourself. And even if it's that you go and you help at church in the, you know, yeah. in the nursery on Sunday morning, you can, so that's great. all you have is a Sunday morning to help, great, do that. Yeah. Like, do something outside of yourself to get yourself ready for Well, and just trusting that God will continue that work that he put yeah. in on their heart to do. And and that... That's the thing. It, he gave yeah. you the... He promised those things and gave you those desires for a reason. Yeah. You know? And I it's And it's, you know, it's for a reason and, and to... You have life to live. And yeah. so just... It's kind of like you just kind of do the best with what you have. But the same with, with the things that God's called you to. You just... You do the thing that's in front of you right now and always have it, you know, we always had it open before the Lord where if he took it away forever, it was okay. Yeah. And if he fulfilled those dreams, it was okay. It was great. Right. You know, but that, look, my dream and desire to live overseas and serve overseas is second to serving the Lord. Yeah. Wow. If, we, if he if he never had us move overseas, that was okay. Wow. Because that doesn't change him, you know, in his yeah. sacrifice. So. Wow. And he ultimately does all, I mean, he does the work through us. And so right. that just that availability that you have is just so, I just love that, that you, you're available and you listen to whatever he might have next, yeah. with holding loosely to whatever that agenda yeah. might be. That's so incredible. That's so inspiring. I love oh, that. Thank you. That's <laughs> awesome. Okay. Because I have embarrassing things happen on a very daily basis in my life. I usually like to pull other people into my <laughs> experience, but maybe I'll spare you from the like straight up so close that I normally ask about and just my friends that have lived overseas have the craziest stories about living in a foreign mm-hmm. culture do you have like a just like a so oh close my oh my goodness always always every day um every day yeah like recently we just came back uh we had our first fundraising event for Ruby Ranch and so we went to Colorado for that and we had just come back from this like really beautiful time that it was a fundraiser but it also just was kind of a retreat type thing the people who hosted us just didn't went over the top and made us feel so welcome Uh and so we get back from this great relaxing time and everything's great with scout and we walk in the door and there's literally six different kinds of ants that have infested our house there's big ones and little ones and tiny ones and ones that are coming out of the wall and ones that are like going up the wall and so that's one thing you know and and you know of course the spray that you're supposed to use is super toxic and where you have this little oh baby and so gosh. we're like well we'll just let them live in our house for tonight until we go oh somewhere tomorrow i mean this is after a day of travel and all right. that and then there's a giant cockroach scurrying through the no. you know through the kitchen or i think it was the bathroom 
I went to get a shower and I grabbed a fresh clean towel and I'm just excited for finally getting my shower after a day of travel <laughs> and I go to put the towel around me and this spider drops out oh of it. Oh my and gosh. Like, just, you know, like we left one day and just, we've been you know, I'm just okay. All right. Can I just have one thing that oh is not buggy and, and it's also, you know, it's also the dry season there right now. So everything's in our house and. Um, but oh, I mean, goodness. we routinely don't have water. We routinely don't have power is actually relatively reliable for where we live, but oh, we goodness. routinely don't have water. And of course it's like the day when you haven't showered with a new baby, you haven't showered for four days. You're right. like, I just, Oh, she's sleeping. I'm so excited. to take it. <gasps> There's no water. Oh no. All right. Well, I guess I'm just going to smell really bad for a while. <laughs> but yeah, we, oh, we actually gosh. joke that we have. We have, uh, you know, if we have five things on our to-do list for the day, if we get one done, it's a win. Oh, that's amazing. It's totally a win. And yeah. actually, sometimes I'll push a little bit and be like, well, let's just try. And yeah. then it'll totally blow up and land. And my husband is like, you just had to try. Yeah, we were doing it. so yeah, good. Yeah, Why didn't exactly. we just go home and oh, call it a win? So funny. No, so. my friend that lived in Italy, was. Just, she said the same thing. Yeah. Like, if I can just get one thing. Oh, yeah. And with the language barrier yeah. and traffic, and they're doing all this road construction right now in Managua, so it just feels like even more chaotic than normal. And Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And you do okay with that. I've learned to do okay. to do okay with and that. And the bugs and baby. I think I would have a, uh, I have issues with bugs in general yeah. and I feel like I would no, you're good. Like, I've you, done okay. Now yeah. they haven't really been on her or oh in her okay. bed yet. Oh my god. I might have an issue if I found them in her crib. Oh my gosh. You know? But so far they haven't been like around her. Okay. It's more just like on the floor or yeah. you know whatever. So You're so oh. brave. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, you I don't know about that. that. I think I just have become normalized to the job. Right. It's actually funny cuz now we come back to Oregon and there'll be a spider on the wall. I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's no big that, deal." That you don't it's even totally know. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. We have no idea. Oh, yeah. that's so funny. All right, what's just fun things? What's something you currently couldn't live without? Raspberry jam. Oh, I cannot find it anywhere in Managua. Oh, and I love raspberry jam and it Growing up in Oregon, raspberry and blackberry jam and jelly right. was always such a thing. Um, so are you taking down cases oh, yeah. of raspberry Yeah, and jam? actually, you know, short-term mission teams that are coming this summer, usually somebody on the team will ask, yeah. hey, can we bring you anything? And I recently told one of the one of the moms who's coming with a high school group, I recent, you know, she's like, is there anything? Raspberry jam, Terry. You can always bring me ra- any That's kind. Amazing. No, no, no. I'm, I, don't, I don't care about the brand. I don't care where you buy it. Raspberry jam. That is so yeah. great. So I, I have that. a couple, a couple little jars stockpiled, and then you know that and Tillamook cheese because we're from oh, Oregon. Right. So we try to try to get our fill of Tillamook cheese that's and ice cream while so we're here. Great. Yeah. So, oh, that's so fun. Yeah. But other than that, we we do okay. But it's that those little tastes I yeah. think that you end up missing a lot. Right. So that's so great. Well, mm-hmm. this has been so fun. Yeah, I'm so, so thankful much. that you took your time. I really hope people go check out. Your yeah. website, learn more about your program. Yeah. And, that and, I, and if they have any questions at all, like reach out to us because we would love to start conversations and even answer more questions, even if it's just, I'm just curious about this. We, right. I'm a communicator. I love I love talking. I love sharing. So yeah. Well, and just so. following your sweet family on mm-hmm. this big adventure. And yeah. Is this home now for you for a while? Like yeah, and with? actually we just applied for residency in January or February okay. and actually had the interview um, right before we, right at the beginning of March. And so they said... Technically, we have it. We just have to wait for kind of the process to finish, and so then we'll have residency. So up until now, wow. we've had just tourist visas, which 
it's frustrating because you have to leave the country every six months or something uh, like that. Okay. And it, it's kind of worked out with trips and, you know, coming yeah. back to Oregon and stuff. But um, residency makes things a lot easier. Oh, and that's Scout fun. actually has dual citizenship. Oh, nice. So that yeah. made us eligible um, for, besides our work there, it actually made us eligible because she's a citizen. And oh, so, that's amazing. Um, so it helped us out So you're just bit. planning on being there till your are Until elsewhere. the Lord tells us somewhere that's else. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. So people could follow you for a while. Totally. And see you. Totally. And see all the crazy and all the crazy. And, all the crazy <laughs> and or come down and serve. <laughs> Absolutely. Sounds like you'd have plenty for them to do. Absolutely. If wanted to come join you and lend yep. a hand. That's so great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And I'm so excited that I got to do this with you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. I love how she is truly doing what she was made to do and that God began to reveal that purpose in her at such an early age. I will have all of the links we talked about posted on the show notes and on my website for you to check out. I hope that Jamie's story inspires you to live confidently in your own purpose every day of your life. I truly do believe that we are all made on purpose and for a purpose, and that God desires to use you in a powerful way right in the space where you're at for His glory and for the good of others. He is so faithful to equip us for the things He's called us to, as we saw so clearly in Jamie's story. Be sure to hit subscribe on iTunes to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And while you're there, if you'd be so kind as to leave a review or a comment, I would deeply appreciate that because by doing so, you're helping me spread the word about the podcast so that these inspiring stories are able to be shared with even more people. I want as many people as possible to hear what can happen when ordinary people live ordinary lives with an extraordinary purpose. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Made for This podcast.